Welcome to episode 20 of This Is Your Sacred Place. I'm Matthew, the pastor of Sacred Place in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Holy Week and Easter have come and gone. Even before we faced a global pandemic, I had already been thinking about grief and loss and letting go as important work this year during the weeks leading up to Easter. As I've shared already, this work is required to have the space within us to welcome new life. Accepting even the small deaths in our lives creates a little more room. In the same way, resurrection isn't always this epic transformative scene, especially during a global health crisis. Our time sequestered into our homes is far from over. Anyone who even tries to guess will most likely be wrong about when. There are facts we have. It will be close to a year before a SARS-CoV-2, the official name of the virus which causes COVID-19, vaccine is available in the US. For us, California schools are closed to the end of the academic year. We don't have a place to worship right now. Those who are at higher risk will need to stay home after public gatherings begin to resume. There are things we don't know yet. We don't know if there will be another spike of COVID-19 cases in the fall, which requires another shelter-in-place order, as some predict. We don't know when large gatherings will resume. In light of this uncertainty, I saw many pastors and leaders say that Easter won't happen until they gather again in person. Whatever they celebrate now will just be a light version of Easter. To me, that sounds like holding on to the past in ways that are untenable. The world has and is changing. This was already the case long before coronavirus changed our everyday lives. The church has been headed toward a Reformation-sized transformation for the last 50 years or more. This pandemic may just be the catalyst akin to Martin Luther's sending of the 95 Theses in 1517. This may be a strong statement, but we must find new ways to celebrate the resurrection in our modern contexts. I think this is why I struggled a bit with my sermon for Easter Sunday this weekend. How do we talk of new life when we are daily surrounded by death. So I began to think back to the ways the resurrection was talked about in my experiences before finding a more progressive Christianity, hoping something might inspire me. The promise of new life was so often equated to an eternal afterlife in heaven. Evangelicals still overemphasize the wages of sin being death and Jesus paying it all on the cross to atone for that sin so that we might have a life after our earthly one. But it reduces Jesus' life, death, and resurrection to an equation of me plus sin equals death, but me plus Jesus equals eternal life. It feels so reductionist. It's life-giving only in the sense of what happens after we die. Sure, it might give us security in the present about our eventual destination, but does it really make life have more meaning and more beauty? 
if you're pushed to a sense of depravity because of your sinful nature, then yes. But I wonder if it's a self-prophesying construct. Does that view of atonement from our sins only work if we're mired in our sinful ways? That's a bit too all about me, isn't it? The primacy of atonement theology creates theological holes which others pointed out when I was fervent in my somewhat misguided attempts at converting others in college. To me, that view falls short. I've talked previously about the harmful identities placed upon us by those who espouse such theology. If the gospel is reduced in such ways, it's no wonder so many people find that uninteresting. If Jesus' entire existence was primarily as a sacrificial lamb, what comfort or help does that bring me in the present? Do I think atonement has a place in the gospel? I do. The work of the cross bridges a gap between us and God in ways that are far more complex, however. I find it far more powerful and interesting to consider the ways in which Jesus overcomes through his life, death, and resurrection. We should not remove Jesus from his context. What got Jesus killed was that he was a threat to those in power. He was turned over to an empire because the leaders of his community didn't like what he had to say. The transformative power of the gospel was growing in reach as the crowds grew, and people were afraid. The fear of how his ministry undermined everything the leaders in the synagogue were teaching provoked them to respond. They needed to get rid of him, so they did. There's no miracle in that. It's politics at its worst. They made an example out of him for upsetting cultural norms, not for committing any crime. The beauty in his story is how new life is possible against all odds. Jesus experienced the worst of deaths. It was slow and it was painful and unjust. Yet this act of hate which leads to his death is not the end. Jesus overcomes. He overcomes those who sought to silence his message. He overcomes the oppression of his religion and even the empire. He overcomes death itself so that we might be free and so that we might live. No matter what we face, no matter how bad things get, Jesus overcame worse. It may not feel like that, the pain we experience so often feels like the worst of the worst and insurmountable, but it's not. Jesus shows us that it's possible for us to overcome whatever we face. The power of his resurrection is available to us in all sorts of ways, big and small. It's rare for us to face what Jesus did. Many of us are oppressed and marginalized because of who we are, though. Systemic racism, homophobia, misogyny, you name it. Those are all impossible for us to overcome on our own. Yet the one who was raised from the dead can transform and heal the world. And we're invited to participate in that. As I celebrate Easter and the resurrection this year, I'm reminded of the ways we talked about death just two episodes ago. 
We experience death in all sorts of ways. Resurrection is not possible without dying first. The new life for which we hope is only made possible by dying to other things. By allowing the grief to change us, we are open to what can be. Our present is not permanent. Our collective trauma will come to an end. We will grieve what we lose and then we will recover from this. We will also be changed forever. Honestly, I believe that it's good and needed in our world. I don't want things to go back to normal. I want new life. I want our world to be resurrected and I believe it's possible. We will overcome. In the name of the one who did so before us, this is your sacred place.